The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. Without further ado! That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, NBA edition. I finally get access to the podcast. It's mine. You can't take it away from me anymore, Matt Mitchell. No, he's awesome. I love Matt Mitchell. He's our great producer. Anyway, I'm Matt Moore, senior writer for the Action Network. Joining me are Raheem Palmer and Brandon Anderson. And today on the Action Network NBA show, we are going to be drafting NBA futures, win totals, divisions, title odds, everything. We're going to each get five picks. We're going to go round robin. It's going to be great. We're going to get all of these picks centered in and see who has got the worst ideas about the NBA season and who has the best. Spoiler alert, it's me. But first, I want to tell you that if you are planning on betting the NBA season, you need the Action Network app. It is phenomenal. You're going to get the fastest up-to-date scores. I have tracked it in the arena against the television and our app updates faster than the tv feed if you want the most up-to-date information on what's going on in the games so you can make live bets you want to have our app it is the absolute best app for tracking bet scores and getting all of our great content over at the action network download the action network app today all right let's get started with this here's the deal so win totals are on the board division odds make the playoffs Futures of any sort that are not player-related, any team-oriented future is on the board. Raheem, you have the first pick. Where are you going? Okay, I'm going to go with the Orlando Magic under 32 <laughs> wins. When you look at the East this year, it's it's a monster. You know, you got teams like the Nets are going to get better with KD and Kyrie. You got the Hawks; they're going to get better. They're 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 on a playoff push. You got the Wizards; they're going to get better with Russell Westbrook. And of course, the, the Hawks and the Wizards are on the same division. Um, you, you look at the Orlando Magic. They don't have Jonathan Isaac, torn ACL. Um, they lost um, DJ Augustine. So they're basically replacing DJ Augustine with Markel Fultz and Cole Anthony. I just think this, this team takes a step back. They're not as good defensively. They're not great offensively. Under 32 wins, that, that should be an easy win in a um, tough Eastern Conference. I'm not with you on this. So I, I went through this for our win totals piece, which is on action this week. And what it basically comes down to is they have Nikola Vucevic. They have a really good coach of Steve Clifford. The East is garbage. They might be worse, but they're still only going to be as like, even if they fall, they're still as good as the other East teams that are bad, but came up a little bit. So a lot of those are going to wind up being coin flips. I don't feel like they're going to drop off that much. I feel like you're still in line to be able to be at least a little competitive in the Eastern conference. Like, I, I, Vucevic continues to be underrated and Clifford is a really good coach. I feel like that alone should be able to get you a little bit of the way there. And they have some young talent. Plus they might trade Aaron Gordon for like a good package of players too. I'm not with you on this. I mean, we're going to say, I just, I, I just think that the East is going to be so much better. Like to me, I think the Hawks are going to be a lot better. I mean, defensively they're not great, but the offense is going to be better. I see Wizards going to be a lot better because they're basically getting a free piece because Wall didn't play. The East is just, it is. Better. I don't know. I just. Yeah. It's better. And, uh, it's better. I'm, it is better. I'm, I'm over on magic wins and under on magic games. I want to watch this season. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Brandon, uh, you've got next pick. What do you like? 
Yeah, so I'm staying in the division, and I'm going to go against Raheem on this because I'm taking – I got to jump in before Matt grabs it. I'm going under Atlanta, 35 and a half wins. I like what the Hawks did. I thought I was going to be in on the Hawks. I am not in on the Hawks. I project them at 29 wins, which is a long ways off from the number here. Uh, I have them as the East 11 or 12 seed, so I think that they maybe don't even make the play-in games. I would also think about playing them to miss the playoffs, which is about even odds right now. Even if they get in the play-in game, I think Trey's not going to win that first play-in game, his first playoff experience. Uh, They did improve the team a lot. Uh, The starting lineup should be a lot better by names. Gallinari is good. Bogdanovich is good. John Collins missed 25 games last year. Capella will play. Capella will play great. (laughs) Great, but he's not going to defend everything. The defense is going to be terrible. It's just going to be awful. I think the offense will be better, but the offense was still bottom five or something last year. It was was not great. Um, It's going to be better. It's not going to be good enough. I think they're clearly ahead of only Charlotte, New York, and Cleveland in the East. 35 and a half to hit the over, they got to play a 500 ball. And I just don't see a 500 team there. So I'm going under. So I'm taking this one off my board. Um, You are right that I was going to grab it. But what I was going to grab it at is you can get Hawks to miss the playoffs at plus 105. So you actually wind up, you can get a plus number on them to miss the playoffs. Is that William Hill? It's plus 105. Love that number. Love, love that number. I, I'm with Brandon on this one. Like, their defense is still going to be garbage. We haven't seen Trey play winning basketball. This reeks, reeks of ownership is like, all right, let's get some playoff revenue. Let, let's, let's win now. I want some money back. And then the Hawks were like, oh, no one wants to play for us. Oh, no. Oh, but, but Gallo? Sure, that's an upgrade. We'll get Gallo and Bogdanovich. They play the, relatively the same way. Doesn't matter. It's fine. Like, the... I like their addition of Chris Dunn more than any other thing that they did. When your big thing in my mind was that, that you got when you got Chris Dunn, not great, not not great for for I think the over there. All right, uh, my first pick though, uh, I will go ahead. I'm going top of the board, and I'm grabbing the Los Angeles Lakers plus two seventy five at William Hill to win the NBA title. I I did this for a piece last year after they won the Western Conference Finals. If you just bet on the Lakers. Every single year since 2000, you would be profitable. If you just bet on the Lakers to win the NBA title every season, you would be profitable since 2000. And you'd be up a not insignificant sum of money. That obviously gets way higher if you take them out every single year that they're actually in contention. If you remove that five-year period where they were absolutely one of the worst teams in the league, that number goes way, way up. Um, I understand this seems like a very obvious kind of ding or, or it seems very much like a big wide hammer for a smaller nail. My only thing is this. Um, it's not just what we saw last year. Uh, it's not just the continuity. It's not just LeBron's drive, him being so close. Like he's now within range of getting to six. Like he can see it, that he can get the six. If he gets the six with the finals appearances, if he wins one more MVP, if he uh, has all of the success and all of the statistics that he's going to wrap up with, the argument for him against Jordan is going to be very difficult to make. Like, it's going to be very difficult to make the argument against him that he's the GOAT. So I think he's driven. Um, they'll play b- better together, him and Anthony Davis, because they've got more time together. Frank Vogel's proven that they can build a defensive system. They've improved in all matters. But the bigger thing is just this, man. Like, I just go back to, like, Lockie Lockerson told me this a- a one time, and it's stuck with me. Every single time I look at NBA, 
bet the narrative. The NBA is the only sport that Ken Barkley over at You Better You Bet says it's the one sport where instead of fading the narrative, you should bet it. The narrative in the NBA is that the Lakers are the most dominant franchise, they're the most popular franchise, they're the one franchise that matters. I'm getting plus 275. I might get a better number on this during the season, and I'll buy it then too. But at 275, I'm more than happy to grab the Lakers here. Thoughts? Yeah, to, to me, yeah, that's I, I. The only reason I wouldn't play that is what you just said near the end there. I am leaning under on the Lakers. I just feel like LeBron went all out last year. He wanted that other MVP. He gave it everything and didn't get it. And I think he's done. And I just think the regular season Lakers are not going to look good at times. I think that they don't really care. They, there's no real home court need to play for. They've got Schroeder and Harrell going to play a lot of minutes, but I think they're playing minutes that, like, Harrell's going to play minutes, I think, that would have been LeBron and Davis. So I don't know that that makes them better right now. In the playoffs, it's LeBron and Davis. They, they've got ostensibly the best two players, the best player in the court any given night. I get it. I just think that they're, once the Lakers lose some games that they shouldn't, I think that there will be a better number out there. But I like the play. I, I like the play. I personally like the play. I think the only real competition for them is obviously the Clippers. My biggest thing is I'm not really a big fan of, of playing futures that I can't really buy out of later or hedge. Like there's no real way to really hedge a plus 275. So I find that if I'm playing something that low, I'd rather play it series by series. Um, but besides that, I do think the, La- the Lakers are the cream of the crop. They're probably going to win the championship. So I can't yeah, be I mean, too mad at it. My, my plan is basically to build a role on them. Like I'm just going to, I'm going to look for, for spots where the value is there and continuously buy in on them. I'm basically treating them as a commodity that I'm just getting more and more in on. And I want to go ahead and start at plus 275 in case that by the time the playoffs roll around, like if they, if they don't, if LeBron doesn't rest and they go all out, and they're at, you know, we enter the playoffs and they're, you know, minus 110 or something. I'm going to wish that I grabbed it sooner since I knew knew it was going to be a, a better number then. So uh, I get another pick. I get another pick. And so with my second selection, I'm going Celtics to win the Eastern Conference. I can't believe I get this number. I get the Celtics to win the East at plus 650. The Celtics to win the Eastern Conference at plus 650. They should have won the Eastern Conference last year. I don't want to hear it, Heat fans. Don't want to hear it. I have, still have zero explanation for how the Celtics blew that series. Like it was, I will maintain till the end of my days that the Celtics did not lose that series. They absolutely gave it away. Like there were the the Celtics who overall in the playoffs had something like a 106 defensive rating, gave up a 160 in two of the quarters of the first two games. And those were the quarters that decided the entire series. I love the Celtics this year. I actually think that losing Gordon Hayward establishes more of a hierarchy for Jason Tatum to continue going off. I'm a big Jason Tatum guy. I think he's primed for a huge year. I love Wes Auburn last year. Still have Marcus Smart, still have Jalen Brown. Brad Stevens is an excellent coach. And Tristan Thompson, their biggest problem in the playoffs was that they did not have enough front court power. They had to keep turning to different guys. I love the opportunity to get the Celtics here at plus 650. I'm going in that direction. First things first, I got to push back on that because you guys didn't listen to me when I told you guys take the heat. Brandon knows this. I told you guys take the heat in that series. I wrote a piece last year about how teams are playing a seven-game series. They're 32 and 47 straight up in the following series. I don't think they gave that series away. I just think Miami was the better team. The Celtics had more dynamic players. They had Jason Tatum. They had um, – um, Brown, I, I felt like Miami was the better team at that time. Now, the, the, the problem I have with the Celtics this year is that Kimba, his knee is shot. Like, this is a point guard's league at the end of the day. 
who is going to step up? Is Brown going to become an all-star? Is um, Smart going to become an all-star? Because that's what's going to need to happen in order for them to, to, to win the East. Like, somebody's got to step up around them. Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid of Kemba, too. The 30-year-old tiny point guard history is not great. When you get that first big injury, it's typically just over. And I like Tatum and Brown more, but if that's the playmaking that's going to – that's going to have to lead the way. I don't know. I, I don't hate it, but I'm, I'm out of the Celtics this year until I see more from Kemba. All right, Brandon, what's your second pick? I'm going with Portland here. I like Portland. I'm just trying to decide which one to go with. I think I'm going to keep it easy. I'll go with the Portland over, so over 40 and a half. Portland is just a really good, consistent, quality team. I think people are falling into the trap right now of saying, yeah, but what about last year? They were an eight seed last year. How much better can they be than that? Last year is not the year to compare them to. They, they, you got to compare it to the year before. The year before, they made the Western Conference Finals, and that was when they had Nurkic. And uh, last year, they, they were missing Nurkic the whole season, who is their second-best player, not CJ McCollum. They get Nurkic back. We'll see. You know, we'll see what he looks like. He looked a lot better than I thought in the bubble, and we'll see what it looks like now. They add Robert Covington. The forwards were trash last year. It just, sorry, Mello, if you're listening right now. Also, hi, Mello, if you're listening right now. But to get Covington in there, Derek Jones, Zach Collins is back. Gary Trent is a real player now. Hopefully, Anthony Simons either is not a dumpster fire or is, is not in the rotation as much. But he really brought them down last year. I just think you know Lillard's going to be good. And CJ is in a little bit better position to succeed this year. The defense still won't be great, but I think you get back to average where it was with Nurkic and with, with Covington around. Uh, I just think that this is a team, you know, they're going to play hard every night. It's well coached with Stotts. I think in a season when not many teams will go hard, Portland going hard night in, night out matters. And I think they could be in the mix for one of the top seeds in, in the West. I'll be looking at Lillard as a possible MVP because of that. If they get there, he's going to be in play. I'll be looking at them in the division. They're plus 350 there. To me, that's basically a head-to-head with Denver, but I also like Denver, so I, that's a tough one. I'm not in as much on Utah. But overall, I just think Portland's going to be very strong. I think that they're a definite playoff team, and I, I'm, I'm in on the Blazers. Okay, I, I'll, I'll go ahead and do this as the resident known as the Blazer, Blazer hater, and I'm not. I like the Blazers quite a bit as a, as a franchise. Love Dame. I don't understand how anyone gets to this point with this team. I just do not get how, like, 40 and a half is in an 82-game season. We're saying that they're a 46-win team. They won last year. If they had finished out, if they played 82 at the same pace, they would, would have finished with 39 wins. Okay, Blake, Nurkic would have improved them. Let's get them to, let's say they would have won, what, four more games? Get them to 43. You're talking about five-win jump to get there when their Pythagorean last year was worse than their actual, like they should have lost more games. I don't understand that. The idea that Nurkic is this huge, great defender. That's never been really proven to be the case. Um, I like re-signing hood. I love adding Robert Covington. I like adding Derek Jones jr. Like the additions were good, but I, Covington in particular was not great last year and he's got some injury issues. I don't understand any sort of reason to think that this team is going to go from being a bottom five defense into somehow being what they need to be in order to cross and do 48, 49 wins. Like there's a, the, the numbers are suggesting that this team is going to be better than the Warriors. How? So 
My, my point to that would be, so Portland last year played at a 38.8 win pace, 39 wins. So compared to last year, they need a huge leap. The year before, they won 53. They won 49 before that. That's the team I'm looking at here because last, to me, last season is a throwaway for Portland with as many injuries they had with Nurkic, with the bad forward rotation. Uh, even like Lillard had his incredible month, but suffered through some injuries. McCollum had horrible shooting numbers all year, even worse than usual. I think comparing it just to improving last year is, is the problem. Looking at them from the previous two years, this is in line with where they would end up again. They did get Enos Kanter back, so I guess that's your belief. Is, you know, they got Enos <laughs> That'll help the defense. All right. All right. Um, Raheem, who's your third or second pick? Okay, I can't believe that this line is this low. We got Luka Doncic in his third season. I'm going with the Mavericks over 41 and a half. Ah, took it from me. You, you got to understand. They finished 43 and 32, but they had an expected record of 49 and 26. Like, I mean, this team was 17 and 24 in a clutch. They could not win a close game. Now they add Josh Richardson, Wes Owandu. They add James Johnson. They got the return of Dwight Powell. This team is going to be much better defensively. They were 18th in defense. Um, they gave up 111 points per 100 possessions last year. I mean, this team, to me, they should make the leap. Luka in, in, in year three, he has a chance to win the MVP. First of all, he's top in um, MVP odds. So why is this only 41 and a half wins? To me, I think they blow over this pretty easily. They actually have the toughness that they didn't have last year. They should do a lot better in, in close games. I'm, I'm taking over. I agree with everything. I mean, I'm Dallas. I have them contending as a top three seed. The only reason I'm not taking the over is because if I'm in on Dallas as a top three seed, I'm taking Luka for MVP instead because I'm getting much better odds for money at that price. MVPs come from top three seeds. That's it. The one thing I have to push back on that is if you're taking Luka as the MVP, you're also waiting for another three months on top of that. And then also, I think you're, you're dependent on voters. And you're dependent on narrative as opposed to results. So for me, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of taking both. And then if I can get my money back three months earlier, I can flip that money over earlier as opposed to waiting. The, the narrative argument, though, I agree with. But the narrative is part of why I like Luca there. Because to me, it's Giannis and Luca and everyone else. Like Giannis is the MVP. He is. He's, he's the best player. He's on the best team. He's going to be on the best team, best player. He's the MVP. Uh, no one wants to give the MVP to the guy third year in a row. We're going to spend the entire season trying to find anybody else we can give the award to. We know this. That's what we do in the NBA. And if Luca is up near the top of the standings, I think that'll be enough. So I think that that narrative is in his favor, not against him. That's true. And then there's no Chris Trapp. So that does build the narrative a little bit more. But I, I think you could bet both. I, I don't see I yeah, don't that's see a fair. reason to choose one or the other. All right. Uh, you got another pick, Raheem. Who's your, oh. who's your, uh, who's your next one? I'm going, to, I'm going with the Philadelphia 76ers. You guys know I'm from Philly, um, but I try not to be biased when it comes to, to picking games. I'm not a big fan of Glenn Rivers. I'm going to call him Glenn because there's only one doc. But I think this, this team has improved more than any potential contender um, outside of possibly the Nets. Um, they've added shooting with Steph Curry and Danny Green. I think Glenn is a huge upgrade over, over Brett Brown, regardless of you know, how I feel about him. I mean, Seth, he shot 45% from three on five attempts per game. If you look at what MB did with um, J.J. Redick, I think Seth should play a similar role. And then when you look at Danny Green, Danny Green is just a, he's just a positive force. He's like, regardless of his shooting slump in the bubble, 
He was a um, plus 16 um, on-off rating in the playoffs last year. I think this team is going to be so much better. I'm taking the Sixers at plus 390 to win the Atlantic Division, and I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on them to win the East and sprinkle a little bit on them to win a championship at plus 2,400. Yeah, I was tweeting about this today. I don't get it um, from a number of perspectives. A lot of it is just like, I'm just not as high on Seth Curry as I think everyone else is, which makes sense because everybody basically sees a Curry in the name and goes bonkers. A lot of it for me just comes down to, I did a deep dive on them last year before the bubble, and I just wound up coming away with a couple of really big conclusions. One is that Ben Simmons is critically underrated, that he's incredible. I thought he was defensive player of the year. I think if you build shooters around him, that you're going to have a team that is very similar to Milwaukee with Giannis. And if you made a few tweaks to it, might be better um, just because of what Simmons is able to do. He's just insane. And Joel Embiid may be the most overrated player in the NBA. Like he just legitimately may be the most overrated player in the NBA. Six. Sixth, sixth before the before the league suspension, sixth in total mid-range field goals attempted. That's Joel Embiid. Why? Why? I don't care what the spacing is. I don't care. I don't care what the spacing is. Why are you taking those shots? It'd be one thing if he was shooting 45% on. He's not. He had the worst percentage of anybody in the top 10. It's incredible how bad his shot selection tends to be. He can't handle a double team. He doesn't show every year we're hearing about like, uh, like what if Embiid shows up to camp in shape? Doesn't do it. That never happens. Like he just wants to dunk on people on Instagram until that dude puts together a season to convince me I am not going in on them. I get the upgrades. I get the idea of spacing. I understand. Like I love Maury, but part of this is doc is like doc's even more set against analytics than he used to be. Right. And like, if he's more set against it, even if Maury makes the kind of moves to augment the roster, how do we know that they're going to get there? Plus, I love Danny Green. Danny Green was my favorite interview on the finals teams I covered with San Antonio. He's an incredible story. He's a great dude. I've loved his career. He's had huge shots. Dude, they used to call him Icy Hot in San Antonio for a reason. He goes cold. And his defense isn't what it used to be because he's 33 years old. The impact is just not there for me. I cannot go with you. I get it. I just can't so, go with The you. one thing I have to push back on is I, I know Jimmy Butler is not there anymore. But the Sixers were – they were literally 10 minutes away. Like, if they had a backup center for MB in that series against the Raptors, they win that series. They had nobody to back up MB. Like, those Greg Monroe minutes were just that bad that MB's impact was just nullified. I think Dwight Howard is, is, is <laughs> he's a suitable backup for, for MB. I think Daryl Murray has done such a great job already of getting that team together. I, I, think, I think they make the leap. I think. Ben Simmons and MB, there's been reports of them actually living together. Um, I think they developed some chemistry. I think you have shooting around them for the first time in a couple of years. To me, I think at plus 390 to win a division, I, I love it. Kemba's hurt. Um, the Nets are, you know, they're working Durant and Kyrie back. I love it. Okay, we'll find out. We'll find out. I'm open to being wrong on this one. All right, Brandon, you're up on your third pick. Yeah, I just want to add to that. I'm I'm with Matt on the Philly thing. I have a Philly tax on every season now. I just, I get it. Everything makes sense. But until I actually see it, I just can't anymore. I just got to see it. My league pass rankings, my my bets, it's show it, show it. It's time. All right, I'm going with Indiana. Indiana is boring. They are the same thing they are every year. And the thing they are every year is that they win a bunch of games. And I'm taking Indiana over 38 and a half. Uh, that puts them at a 44-win pace over a whole season. Uh, I've got them projected at 43, so that puts them like four and a half games ahead. 
I did come back down a little bit on them with the T.J. Warren news, the plantar fasciitis thing. I hope that doesn't stick into the season too long. Uh, but over the last three years, they were at a 51-win pace last year, 48 the two years before that. Uh, Nate Bjorkren, maybe some Nick Nurse potential there. If you get, you know, unlock a few things, Warren took a step up. Um, we saw uh, Oladipo didn't do much last year, so there's upside there. If he stays healthy, looks good again. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon looked awesome early and then stunk, and they still won all those games. Uh, and he was playing through injuries. I just think the floor is very high on the team, and I think that there's actually an underrated ceiling. I, I wouldn't be shocked to see – to me, I've got Milwaukee at the top of the East, and then I've got five teams fighting from there. I think Indiana, if they stay healthy, could be the team that comes in at a two or three seed uh, just in a, cl- in a close cluster there. And I'm even going to sprinkle a tiny bit on plus 1,200 to win the Central, not because I think they can beat Milwaukee. They're not going to, but it's the pandemic season. What happens if Giannis misses three weeks or something – no one else is winning that division. It's if it's not if it's not them, it's Indiana. And at plus twelve hundred, that's pretty good odds, just in case. So I'm I'm on the Pacers. Yeah, I like that one a lot. I like that one a lot. I've, that's in my piece too. That um, there's just enough reasons to look at the market underrating them and think that um, you're getting a good. I think you're getting good value there on the number based off of of where they're at. The only co- real question mark is the coach, right? We just, we just don't know what he's going to be like. We just don't know. The Oladipo thing, I think, is a little bit unstable. But I wind up just looking at that roster and being like, if they shoot more threes at all, they're just going to quietly rack up wins, like you said. So uh, I'm with you on Indiana. Let's. I'm going to my third pick. Warriors over 36 and a half at Westgate. What are we doing, guys? Like, what, what, what world am I living in where the Suns have higher numbers and some books, and the Blazers have higher numbers at some books than the Warriors? Like, I get Clay Thompson's out. I do. Steph Curry is a thing. Steph, you know Steph Curry, the guy that shot four hundred and made four hundred and two threes in two thousand sixteen. You know Steph Curry, that's been the most impactful player in the last five seasons of the NBA. Whenever he actually plays, you know Steph Curry who still warps defenses in a way that nobody else has next to Steve Kerr, an exceptional coach does not get the kind of credit that he deserves for taking a team that was a first round out and vaulting them into one of the best teams of all time. Yes. Clay's out. They added Kelly Oubre and Kent Bazemore. Those are decent returns. The guys that played last year, Mulder, Pascal, those guys had to go up against starting line units. They got experience from what they were doing. I love the Warriors here at over 36 and a half. So I'm going to take that one. And then with my fourth pick, because we're going to speed up a little bit on this one, I'm actually going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Nuggets minus 130 at FanDuel to win the Northwest Division. Uh, I don't trust the Jazz to actually be able to live up to the hype. I think this number is low enough. I, I've said I don't like the Blazers. So I'm taking the Nuggets minus 130 to win the Northwest Division. Hope you're enjoying this great Action Network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked On podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search Locked On, your favorite team. Subscribe to your Locked On podcast. Brandon, you're up next with your fourth pick. All right, I'm going to go for the Raptors here. I'm taking Toronto at plus 450 to win the Atlantic. The Atlantic is loaded. So we got Toronto, Philly, Boston, and Brooklyn. 
So any, any one of those four, I think, could do it. But Toronto overachieves every year. Last year, they had a 60-win pace, which means that three years in a row, they've won uh, at a 60, 58, and 59 wins. And they only need to, need to hit a 48-win pace to hit their over. But I've got them about equal to the other four teams in the division. And the, they have, to me, a higher floor, not necessarily the ceiling, which you need the ceiling to win the division. But I think Brooklyn is going to rest, guys. I think Boston's got the Kemba problem. I think Philadelphia is Philadelphia. And that leaves Toronto. And Toronto's going to play hard. They're going to play good defense. They're going to get a lot of good wins. So I like them to, to be in there to win the division. That's actually my fourth pick as well. I like the Toronto Raptors over 41 wins. Um, I think a lot of people are making a, a, a big throw out of the losses of Serge Ibaka and Mark Gasol. But they were 18-10 and 10 without Gasol. They were 13-4 and four without Ibaka. I think Aaron Baines should be, you know, a suitable replacement for them. I think the core of Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam, Fred VanVleet, and OG Ananobi, they should continue to have this team be a regular season force. The line is almost disrespectful. To me, Kyle Lowry's been a top five point guard for like the last seven or eight years. And this line assumes that he's going to drop off. But then even, you know, he was hurt last year. And then, you know, they went on a run with um, Van Vliet and um, Siakam. I think this team blows over 41 wins easily. Nick Nurse still has this team playing good defense. They're a deep team. I like it. Look, it's, I think it's easy to like Toronto just because like Nick Nurse is an exceptional coach. Like he's just been like that's the biggest reason is like Nick Nurse is maybe the best coach in the NBA. Raheem, who's your yeah final pick uh, number five? Uh, your fifth pick? What you got? It's so funny. Me and Brandon, we agree a lot um, today. I actually had the, the Blazers to win the north um, the Northwest. I think at plus four hundred, there's there's a small value on the, on the number side. I think this is the deepest team that um, Damian Lillard has ever played on. I like the additions of Robert Covington and and Derek Jones Jr. To me, when I looked at the Blazers last year, they had the first collection of wings in NBA in the NBA last season. Um, so I think you you got a full um, you got a healthy Nurkic for a season. You got a healthy Zach Collins, Gary Trent. You get rid of Hassan Whiteside, who was just a total defensive liability at plus four hundred. I'm going to take them to win the Northwest. I think Dan goes for it. Um, I agree with Brandon that there's there's a, there's a small bit of value in Dame to win the MVP. I have another, another MVP pick that I personally like a little bit more, but I think the Blazers are top three seed in the West. Brandon, your fifth pick. Yeah, so I'd love to grab a few unders here for the, the, the terrible teams. I think the bad teams are going to be real bad this year. But that's not even fun to talk about. So take the Cleveland under, take the Charlotte under. Yeah, you got it. I'm going off the board. I'm going crazy on this one with one long shot to finish up. I'm picking the Miami Heat plus 1,200 miss the playoffs. So here's what I'm thinking. The division is terrible. So it's Miami's division. But I am very worried about Jimmy Butler. The last time Butler played this many games, because they ain't never been on a late playoff run before, I tell you that much. The last time that he played that much, the following season, he had a big drop-off. He had a lot of injuries. Baller has not stayed healthy over the years. I'm worried about this short offseason and the turmoil on his body and everything holding up. He's got the coffee business to run. Uh, Miami's deep, but if you take Baller out of the system for part of that, uh, they're, they're, the other pieces don't work as well. We saw guys like Kendrick Nunn and others come up short a little bit. Um, Miami is still way better than everyone in the division. Like, what, it's going to be a Washington or someone else if they don't take it. So that's an easy playoff win, right? Except we got the seven, we got the play-in seed now. And when I look at the East, what I see, and I said this before, I've got 
one team at the top. I've got five teams next. I have Miami in like their own tier as the seventh seed. If they're a seventh seed, they're in a play-in game. If they're in a play-in game, they can miss the playoffs. I don't know who's beating them, but uh, I, I think that there's odds there at plus 1,200. Those are crazy long odds. I'm not putting a lot on it. I just feel like I'm out on Miami. I'm playing the under and other things as well. But uh, that would be – that's my, my long shot bold prediction that uh, I just think Miami should not be considered in that top tier. What they did in the bubble was great. I don't take anything away from it. It was the perfect circumstance and the perfect situation. This is, this is now. It's a new year. We love you, Jimmy Butler. You had fun. It's over. This is wild. That's an awesome take. I love it. I will say for the record, several NBA executives have, when Jimmy Butler was coming up on free agency, they all independently without being prompted said, you know, I'm a little worried about Butler because the history of Tibbs guys over 30 is very, it's very poor. So there's some backing there. I, that's a wild take, but Hey, plus 1200 got to, got to get the number. All right. My last one, uh, I'm going more pedestrian. I'm actually going counter you, Brendan, though. I'm going over on Cavs 22 and a half. Oh. Uh, this is 25 wins. I like Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. I thought they were better than advertised last year. Kevin Love seems to be still plugged in, isn't fading. Uh, I like a Coro a lot as an addition. Um, I like some of these bad teams. I looked at the 2011, 12 season, the last lockout year there was a little bit more parity in terms of the top was, was, was lower and the bottom was higher. So I'm watching for that and trying to model some of my win totals. We're going to see a lot of back-to-backs and stuff like that. Uh, the Cavs have more offense than, than I think previously. I also think that the defense literally cannot be worse, I hope. So that's my hope in, in picking them. That's going to wrap up our draft of the futures for the 2020-21 NBA season. Make sure to check out all the great stuff on the Action Network. Download the app. You're not going to regret it. It's the best app for tracking your bets. Good luck. And as Chris Raybon says, I can't believe I'm about to say this, get that money. See you guys again next time on the Action Network Podcast. We're finished talking. <laughs>